Today's episode of the BS Podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor. The only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event. You can have them delivered to your phone. And you can enter the event. Technology. It's amazing. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Again, do everything on your phone. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Today's episode also brought to you by our old friends at Simply Safe. Hey, newsflash, burglaries skyrocket over the summer. That's why Simply Safe created a phenomenal security package with entry sensors, motion sensors, and glass break, as well as everything else you need to stop burglars from getting into your home. Get $100 off that package by going to simplysafebill.com. Don't forget to check out the tail end of Cleveland Week on theringer.com. Uh, a bunch of stories with Cleveland as the theme, into, including a great profile by Jordan Kahn about Tamir Rice's mother. We had Brian Curtis there all week reporting from the convention and a whole bunch of other pieces, a few LeBron pieces. It's great. It turned out awesome. And don't forget to check out the seven other podcast feeds on the Ringer Podcast Network, including Favreau and Pfeiffer on Keeping It 1600. They've been breaking down the two conventions all month. Democrats coming next week. And also, don't forget my new HBO show, Any Given Wednesday, returns on July 27th at 10 p.m. on HBO. Check out our new Splash page on HBO Now and HBO Go. That includes every episode and every bonus clip that we've done. It's that easy. Just go to one of those two places. Check them out. They're also on HBO On Demand, too. But the Splash page is cool. And as we add more extra stuff, it'll, it'll get cooler and cooler. Anyway, that's it. All right, big podcast said, let's go. Yeah. For you. Yeah, right. It's been a while since we had this guy on. You know it's an emergency when we have Cousin Sal on during the summer. The Cuz, how are you? <laughs> What's happening? Good to be back, sports guy. What's going on? Um, lots to discuss. We uh Oh, by the way, we have Jacko coming up way later for a moratorium on the Republican convention as well as I think Brendan Lynch is coming as well, who is, uh, sorry, my phone's going off. Uh, we've, <laughs> we have Jacko coming up later for a moratorium on the Republican convention as well as Brendan Lynch, one of the writers of my show, who's going to talk about internet deep dives. Uh, with us, we haven't talked since we somehow screwed up an impossible bet to screw up in the NBA. And yeah. it made me think that we now have control over this presidential election, which I'm going to get to. But first, a recap of our NBA. We had a giant bet on the Warriors to win the title. We had the Spurs at 10-1. to And somehow we just lost every single hedge that we, <laughs> that we possibly did. We had Oklahoma City. They were up 3-1 in round three. Uh, we rightly panicked because they had a better team. Andre Iguodala even admitted it. Put a giant mm-hmm. bet to hedge our Golden State bet. And then yeah. somehow uh, Golden State prevailed, which was great because then they were going to win the title. Uh, they're mm-hmm. up to nothing. We had a million ways to hedge it. No, nope, didn't hedge that. Go to game seven. Cavs are plus six. A lot of texts about it. No, nope, didn't hedge yep. that one. Cavs win the title. Uh, it makes me think we should just bet on Trump to 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 win the presidential election and use our powers maybe uh, maybe for a positive in a positive way. What do you think? I, can I just add to that uh, that mess that you just uh, laid out for us? We had 
Buddy Hield Sooners over Villanova. They lost by 173 points. Oh, yeah. We had a, a hockey finalist parlay. Uh, both teams lost in the first round. Yeah. I don't even remember who it was. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. We had San Antonio 10-1 to odds before they signed Aldridge. That was great. Didn't hedge over OKC. Then we did bet Golden State with Ben Simmons getting drafted first. We did hedge OKC against Golden State, so we lost that, but didn't hedge, like you yeah. said, Golden State over Cleveland. I think we had a bet like Ben Simmons with anyone other than Cleveland to win the title. And any yeah. other year, anyone other than Cleveland, it shouldn't even be a bet. It's too easy. And, we, uh, we had a double and, hedge because we had that bet and we had the Warriors bet, and all we had to do was bet the uh, Cavs plus six and we're golden. Uh, hedging is just something that has haunted us forever. We've just never figured uh, it out. We should have taken the summer to take a clinic on I don't know where they teach something like this, but we should have gone and, and twice we should have run it. But And I steered you clear of Mark Hunt over Lesnar and Iceland over France in the Euro Cup. So you did. It, it's been bad. It's been bad. You did. Oh, and you left out. We bet on Marco Rubio way back when to win the Republican oh, yeah. convention, thinking that, well, Ted, nobody's voting for Ted Cruz. There's no way Donald Trump's going to win. Yeah. And, uh, I still yeah. like Rubio. I still like it. Hey, this can't be happening. <laughs> Jimmy's had the show since January 2003. How, how many times right. has Trump been on? Uh, probably like four or five. At any point where you're thinking, wow, that guy's going to be president someday? <laughs> no. And now he's plus 200. It, it, it could happen. Plus 200, it's so feasible. It's like the Phillies at home versus Madison Bumgarner. Like, it could, it could happen. It's, it, it's easily could see this going down. Plus 200. I don't believe this. Plus two hundred was what the Cavs money line was in Game Seven of the uh, of the right. two thousand sixteen Finals, and they won. So I'm just, I'm just throwing that oh, out there as well. Oh, you're right. You're right. I I don't know well, what hurts more the fact that that uh, that Donald Trump, who once fired our friend Adam Carolla on The Apprentice, is now one step <laughs> away from being the president, or that Scott Baio, one of the icons of our childhood. Um, is is now being remembered in a totally different light. I just wanted to remember him for Happy Days, for his relationship with right. the Fonz, for Charles yeah. in Charge and his relationship with Willie Ames, for all the great right. moments on Battle of the Network Stars, like the the unbelievable obstacle course against Gregory Harrison, which is one of the great sports <laughs> moments of the eighties. Uh yeah. jo the Joni Loves Chachi two minute theme song, which is one of the funniest clips on the oh, internet. Yeah. These oh, are all the, all the things I wanted to remember about Scott Baio, and, and now I have him defending him standing in front of a Hillary Clinton poster that has the C word on it and, hit, and him yeah. not apologizing for that. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. What is happening? The only saving grace is that maybe, maybe I leapfrog Chachi as America's most beloved cousin. Uh, oh, that's you know, interesting. I don't know. Italian cousin, know. definitely. Right, right. But, hey, where do you yeah, rank in the I, cousins? You're you're up there now, uh, cousin it. Cousin let me tell you there was a crossword puzzle. There was there was a crossword puzzle last year, and it said TV's cousin blank three letters, and it wasn't even me. It was cousin it. I get it has three letters. It's I T T. What? So yeah, cousin it is. It was. I was so excited. I was like, oh wow, people are sending me this. I'm like, oh, I've real. I've I've arrived. It's yeah. official. And uh, no, cousin it from 60 years ago is that it's still it's still remembered. Well, I don't know how that happened. I, I can't even imagine yeah. a scenario where that happened. I mean, the shows that we grew up with are so dated now. I was watching a Brady yeah. Bunch episode, uh, just randomly flipping channels, and it was the one where they're doing the driving test. 
And the entire uh-huh. premise of the episode is Greg and Marsha are arguing about ma- male drivers and female drivers. And Greg yeah. and Mr. Brady are just like, come on, we all know females can't drive as well as males. And that it's literally <laughs> the, the launching pad for the episode. It feels like it I came know. out 700 years ago. It's great. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So what do we do? Yeah, I don't know what to do with this. So you're saying we bet Trump because then it'll lose. I'm, or I'm saying this is the ultimate hedge. I mean, sports right. doesn't really matter, ultimately. We'd lo- we love to think it matters, but really it, it doesn't. This is the right. future of the country at stake. And yeah. and we have a chance here to use our powers ba- maybe for good. The other one, Gary yeah. Johnson, for some reason, is like 150 to 1. I don't even know who that is. Who is Gary Johnson? I was looking at that. I don't know what he stands for, but I love it. Sprinkle some on Gary Johnson. I, I was also thinking, like, what celebrity, because it would have to be a celebrity at this point, could step in as an independent and win this thing or come closest? Maybe this is a ringer. Oh, type, that's a good uh, one. What's a, what celebrity could use? So, is Kevin Klein so in the he, mix? Kevin Klein? Yeah, he's one of the best movie. He might be my favorite movie president. What if he was just like, look, I did oh, this I in see. a movie. Now I'm ready to do this for real. That's not bad. I think he gets maybe 8 million votes. But we, you have to, like, so Bieber. Oh, Bieber's Canadian. That couldn't even. I was thinking, like, 10 million 18-year-old girls would vote for him and trickle down. Well, wouldn't the, answer he's, be, he's, wouldn't the answer be The Rock? Like, he could harness I, his I, social media powers and probably get 30 million votes. I did think The Rock, and his speeches would be second to none, and yeah. I, that might be our answer. I mean, add Will Smith, Taylor Swift, Leo. I know you like Damon over Leo, but yeah, I, maybe The Rock. I think The Rock would be good. I think it would have to be somebody who, like, I like. It's basically The Rock or Kevin Hart or Ronaldo would be the three people who could use their social yeah. media powers for for an election. <laughs> I don't Ronaldo's, know if Ronaldo's an eligible. American enough. Yeah, he's an eligible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other two, I think, are are, are very eligible. They yeah. could do it. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see someone could you, step All right, in. what realistic celebrity, though? Like, if Clooney said, you know what, I got to run, well, I don't think he could win. Because Clooney, he would split votes with Hillary because he's, so, he's been on the Democratic side so much. Um, right. I don't know if he could run as an independent. But I do think four years from now, he could be the Democratic nominee. I mean, I think that's what we're looking at right now. Well, if Clooney came out and gave a speech that along the lines of what Trump did last night at the, at the convention, it's, mm-hmm. it's not like Trump had a plan for anything. He just said he was going to fix everything. Right. He just, yeah. he listed a series of things that he's going to make better, but he never told us how or what the plan was to do that. I feel like George Clooney could do that. He could just no come plan. out. Um, right. The the yeah. uh, the one who the one wild card, and he's just crazy enough to do it is Mark Cuban. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, he was huh. pr- pretty active on Twitter last night, mm-hmm. and I had Chris Saka on my podcast a while ago, a few mo- like two three months ago, who had made a prediction that at some point Cuban was going to run for a presidency. I think he predicted two thousand twenty four, and then that mm-hmm. be the fact that he predicted that became a story for a couple of days and then Cuban didn't really deny it, you know, and, and kind of liked the attention for it. And it seemed like it's something he's probably thought about now. If he just right. said right now, I'm, I'm going for it. I know I, it's up to me. I got to do this. I'll run as a third party, like leaning toward the Republican side. 
Yeah. I, I don't know what happens. I, I think everybody's afraid to run because they don't want to take votes away from Hillary. Right. You get that whole, with Cuban, you get the whole, I'm funding my own, own campaign. I can't be bought. You know, people seem to like that. They get that whole thing with Trump that, that, that he does. So, yeah, that could work. I don't know. I don't know what to do here. I, I feel like as, as a, a writer on a late night comedy show, I already have a, a hedge with Trump because he right. provides a new gift to us every day. It's like the grandparents stop by every morning and shower <laughs> us with presents. But I know what you're saying. That is amazing. You guys, I mean, maybe we shouldn't be so glib about it because it is the future of the country at stake. But you guys have gotten <laughs> a year of material from this that... Oh, yeah. I remember being on the show, like even when Michael Jackson would do something crazy for like holding the baby out the window for like a week, we'd get material. We were so grateful that something like that happened. And you've had that for Mm -hmm. a year. Yeah, it's great. I I met Trump in December. He was on the show twice in the last year. He was on in December and I think in uh, May or something. But in December, no Secret Service, nothing. He was one of eight Republican nominees. Everyone thought it would fall to the by the wayside. And uh, and nobody wanted to meet him, so I was like, hey, I'll meet him. Two other writers, me and two other writers, we went down there. And he came out immediately, and uh, he's like, how many writers do you have? And I said, we have 13, 14 if we include you. He's like, oh, I do, I do provide a lot of material. I was like, yeah, the most. <laughs> That's all we're writing about all year long. But then when he was on in May, it was you couldn't even get to him. It was like, you know, wow. for, well, first of all, there were protests outside our studio. So. Is that true? But... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a mess. Like, I'm in Jacko's camp usually. I usually vote Republican, I, I, but I can't have this much blood on my hands. Like, Trump doesn't listen to advisors. We already have enough bad guys who hate us. Trump yeah. will make people not looking for a fight like uh, the, the Chinese emperor hate us. And then Mexico will figure out how to make a nuclear weapon. And it's going to piss off too many neutral, otherwise harmless countries. It's not good. Well, and especially for you, because you've had jerry jones running the cowboys for the last three decades <laughs> and now to have jerry jones also running the country in the form of donald trump right Although, i hadn't thought of that who would you rather have jerry jones or trump oh jerry jones yeah i think so too maybe jerry, jerry jones, jones yeah. will run he's just crazy he's another one who's just crazy enough to do it that a jerry jones cuban combo he might be too young he might be too young. I don't know what we're looking at. It's not like Jerry Jones could do anything worse. No. No. I don't know. Uh, we just had it's to on. edit something out that would have gotten both of us in trouble, <laughs> but mostly me. Uh, good. We'll get a thousand tweets. What was it about? What happened? What did you say? So <laughs> we should mention, like, it's it's not like, you know, it's not like Hillary's a barrel of laughs here. No. It's not. It's not like she's the perfect candidate. And in fact, she right. she has her own slew of holes that if they if she was running against anyone else would have just been picked apart. It, this is mm-hmm. unbelievable. I I said on a pod last week that I felt like this was the American equivalent of when we watch a team like the Browns with Delome and Seneca Wallace trying to figure out who the QB is going to be in training camp, and you just know you're headed for three and thirteen. Interesting. I'm, I've never felt that way. Uh, with an election, and I, and I feel that way this time. Right. Well, yeah, I just, I mean, this is how screwed up the Republican Party is. Like, eight years ago, the whole, you know, the narrative was like, oh, Obama has no experience. He has no experience. So so who do they put up against them? Uh, Sarah Palin, you know, so she's one heartbeat away from being president. Okay, yeah. they screwed up. Now, this year, Hillary's unlikable. So 
What did it have? We have Donald Trump up against. Like, no one can get their shit together. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're supposed to make money off of this? We, uh, do you want to talk about baseball quickly? Sure, yeah. Your Mets. Oh, you're happy about this one. You like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Your uh, you're Mets. Great year oh. last year. Feel good year. Awesome. Right. Young pitchers, young staff. Everything's great. Mm-hmm. Now, how you feeling? Uh, you know, I, I don't like Assessment's leg was bugging me. I think we're way back. If Familia blows two games, we're like ten or eleven back. You know, if he's if he's anything less than stellar, and uh, David Wright is obviously out. Harvey's falling apart. We weren't able to trade him to anyone. Apparently, the 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 rumors we heard about is just. His drug use or whatever, who knows, still rumors, I'm saying. Um, you and I heard about it, and the rest of the league did too. We weren't able to trade him away. So, I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to have to, at best, grab a wild card here. And uh, and just enjoy uh, Italian-American great catcher Mike Piazza's Hall of Fame induction. I think that's the best we could do at this point. Yeah, you're, It seems like you're like a game and a half back for the second wild card spot. Right. The Red Sox... Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm like shockingly optimistic about the Red Sox. Really? Yeah, they, their offense, this is probably the best offense we've ever had in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I, I think 2003, the year before we won the World Series, that offense was really great and, and hit for power mm-hmm. and got on base and was just fantastic. And this offense actually might be better because it has speed. And right. as we're going into the dog days of summer here, you know, like last night, they're just killing the twins, and eventually you get into that deep bullpen where these guys are terrible coming out, and they're just getting like these extra four run innings. They're throwing on yeah. in the seventh and eighth. Last night, Trevor May was in for the Twins. Poppy comes up, eighth inning. We're already up by like nine runs. The whole crowd is chanting "Poppy, Poppy." They just <laughs> crushes one in the right field. The pitching yeah. seems like it's worse than ever. And, and it's pretty bad. I mean, I, I, you guys are up six to one every game in the fifth inning, and it's still yeah. like even odds whether or not you win. But and you, I saw you jinxed and then try to reverse jinx Pomerantz uh, the other day. I know. <laughs> just, well, he's he's uh, he's one of those guys. You know, I don't know who the Mets equivalent of this, but these guys that you just watch them pitch, and it, it's just kind of fun the rhythm they have, and they got all these different pitches, and they they just seem like they're in command, and right. especially when they have the awesome changeup. And yeah, and it just was like, wow, this is great. This guy's going to be a great fit. And then the Red Sox had like this 50-minute inning. He's just sitting uh-huh. there decomposing the dugout. He came out. He didn't get an out in the next inning. I, I, I think yeah. he'll be fine. The question for I, they me. They could win the division, but you know how it gets in October. I don't, you just the, the pitching needs to, to hold up. But maybe we should advise people of our, our, uh, our division-winning parlay. Oh, yeah, we did. We we did the we did this last week the Red Sox to win the AL East which was plus one eighty, with the yeah. Astros to win the AL West which was plus two hundred. They are now three and a half back, and yeah, uh, I think we got plus seven fifty on that. Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty good bet. I really like this Astros team. They, they started too. out like twenty and twenty nine or something, and they they probably have the most talent. In the entire American and Kegel's league. had a bunch of no decisions in his last six starts or something. You know, they're, they're they're just better than the Rangers, who should should fold. And Fielder's out now too, right? It does feel, yeah. Well, Fielder's out, which is actually probably a good thing for Texas because he's been an albatross. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, that's true. 
It does seem like offense is going to win the World Series this year. Yeah. Usually yep. it's like they, there was a little bit of a pitching and speed and defense kind of recipe. And this year it just seems like it's going to be bats. I don't know why. You know, I keep looking uh-huh. ahead in like October with David Price as my number one starter. I'm actually, I like David Price more than the Red Sox. But some of the uh-huh. other Red Sox fans. I, th- I think he's fine. I think he's had some bad luck. I, st- I st- still enjoy watching him. Um, but the thought of him in the final four as our number one starter, there's just every time we go against anyone else, the guy, other guy's probably going to be better than David Price. That, that's the only part that really scares me. And also, like, yeah. can Ortiz hold up a whole season at age 40? He's having the best statistical season I think he's had. Has has there ever been an example of this guy? You you bet on him to slow down, and it just doesn't happen. Like I know, and and I know he doesn't have to play the field or anything, but it it really is spectacular the way he's keeping it going. It's crazy. He's he's basically been pretty much around the same, other than in two thousand nine and two thousand ten, he had a couple early swoons because his I think his wrist was hurt. For the most part, Mm -hmm. the production's been pretty much the same the entire time he's been on the team. Yeah. And, and he looks the same. It's not like he's gained weight. He's he's has the same weird body he's had the entire time. Uh, anything else we want to talk about? Listen, if we could parlay David Ortiz to win MVP and Dwayne the Rock Johnson to become our next president, uh, I, I suggest we do it. What'd you think of the but, WWE draft? You know, I haven't. I didn't. Uh, my kids were talking to me about it. I didn't actually see uh, a lot of it, but. Oh, it's Did tremendous. You, I know they split, up some, they split up some tag teams, right? It was tremendous. There were some terrible picks. My son was way into <laughs> it. He was, he was exploding during some of the picks. Enzo and Cass went way too late. My son was upset about that. It was the first time he's been upset by somebody falling in a draft. All of it was great. Right. It was great. He is so into <laughs> Enzo just, and Cass. The thing I don't like about it is, like, five weeks from now, like, I don't, like all right, we need Cena to be on Raw. And then just everyone bleeds in, into the other one. Like, and then yeah, they don't say anything point. about it. It's a good point. Yeah. Anything to plug? But that's it. Jimmy Kim Alive, uh, 1135. And uh, that's it. Monday through Friday on ABC. When are we going to make the annual bet that we always win, which is the Patriots to win the AFC East? When do you want to do so that? that do you want to pick a day? Like, Last year we we had it at minus one forty after uh well, before Brady's suspension was overturned yeah. and that was very very easy and uh, and this year it was minus two hundred I said let's wait maybe it'll go lower it's minus one eighty now maybe we do jump on it now it's I've, minus one eighty I'm, I'm about three quarters away through my research and the jet schedule is miserable and they 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 don't even want to commit to a quarterback yet I I, I think the Patriots is the way to go I think I, I know we've I don't got- have to convince you uh, I they've won like 13 of the last 14 or something 12 of the last 13 yeah. and every right. year we stare at it and we decide what to do with it and then and then it wins again and FYI I think Garoppolo is going to be half decent all he has to do is yeah, be half not? decent just hold the fort well, and, they could lose that first game by two touchdowns to Arizona and then everyone could squawk about how miserable it's going to be but yeah, they'll they'll turn it on after. That. Let me flip that around for you. Are we sure Arizona yeah. isn't the team that's going to be absolutely terrible this year? I mean the the absolutely Palmer terrible. the Palmer performance in the playoff game. That right. you know, how do we know he's even going to be passable? Mm-hmm. What if what if that was it's it? What if that's a Jake the Lone type thing? Made, they made the biggest trade of the off season, and um, I guess we're going to see immediately who it paid off for. Are you going to Oxnard to see the Cowboys? 
I'm going to say we're away. Uh, I'm on the East Coast that first first, first week, but uh, I'm going to try to make it down there. Roma. Yeah. Roma's optimistic. We got optimistic. a lot going on, Bill. We got yeah. a lot to think about. Lots the Rock is about. president. Maybe we parlay with uh, – we're betting the Olympics for sure. That starts in a couple weeks. We got Usain Bolt on a few parlays. A lot of good things happening. Maybe we just do the Pats to win the AFC East with Trump to win the presidency. <laughs> we just we combine the two biggest scandals slash polarizing things that are going on in America right now. Put them together. I love it. That'd Tom Brady's favorite candidate. It makes All right, because we'll we'll come back in mid-August and tell America what we did. Thanks for coming on. All right, I miss you. Good job by you. Bye. Good job by you. All right, quickly, we send flowers on birthdays, Mother Day, certain holidays, and then the summer rolls around and we never think to do it. Well, guess what? The women in your life still love flowers. So surprise them right now. Send them gorgeous flowers from Books.com. Books flowers are grown at eco-friendly farms on the side of a volcano. Oh, yeah, you heard me. That makes the blooms larger and the colors more vibrant. Books prices start at a mere $40, no upcharges, no extra fees. Delivery is absolutely free as soon as you register with the Books. Here's some great news. BS Podcast listeners get 20% off their bouquet of choice. So surprise someone in your life. Send them summer flowers. Go to Books.com and our promo code Bill for 20% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com. Promo code Bill. And while we're here, I'm going to talk about the 5-4 Club. Where else can you get hooked up with new clothes? For just $60 a month. 5-4 Club has you covered. They'll provide styling advice and recommendations. They'll make you a styling profile. They'll deliver clothes to your door every month or so. Four style profiles. Classic casual forward mix. Shorts. Button ups when you need them. Jackets. Jeans. When it gets a little colder. Free shipping. Direct delivery. To your doorstep. Clothes come every month or so. And it's only $60 a month. Go to 54club.com. Use promo code BS at sign up. I'm actually wearing a 54club.com t-shirt that they sent me right now. Uh, get 50% off your first package. That is F-I-V-E-F-O-U-R club.com. And now back to the podcast. All right, it's time for a little levity before we get to Jacko. Brandon Lynch, one of the writers on Any Given Wednesday, he uh, was on this podcast before he goes into internet deep dives we call them he does not sleep very much he hit the prime time of of his internet surfing is usually in the 11 p.m to 4 a.m range and he finds himself going down rabbit holes the last time he was here we found out that not only does did he go down a rabbit hole of watching chiropractic correction videos um but then after he talked about that, people were tweeting at him about Japanese chiropractic adjustments, which then sent him on a separate deep dive. So now Brandon's here to talk about his latest batch of, of deep dives. I've recently been getting into the German school of, of chiropractor? Chi- yes. Adjustments? Complete- How does that differ than, than Jap- the Japanese school? It's, as you would think, very stern. Lots of towels. Lots of, <laughs> lots of towel work. Great. <laughs> That's the thing with Germany. No matter what's going on, there has to be a lot of towels. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I get chiropractic videos sent to me, DM to me all the time. And, yeah. DM I mean, to you? Yeah. People are DMing me chiropractic videos. It, it, I appreciate it. And uh, there is a new one that I'd like to let people know about. Look up. Uh, I forget the gentleman's name. He's from uh, Houston. I've watched his whole series. 
look up just ring dinger chiropractic video it's a guy who does these uh he does this technique that no one else does where it's like full traction but uh if you're into chiropractic videos i suggest you look up ring dinger and as we learned last time don't brag to kevin sorbo that you love chiropractic adjustment videos because he he's very passionate about this yes okay so what do you got this this time around um okay this starting out um martin screlly um his youtube page and granted i you know allegedly he did some stuff yeah um but he does these lessons on his youtube page okay he teaches um uh i was looking at i was on it last night um he teaches these in-depth two-hour-long chemistry um lessons on acids and bases uh chemical kinetics i have no they only have like 2000 views i have no idea who they're from i don't know if he feels bad and he's trying to make up for it he also teaches lessons on finance like he'll can you remind over. people what martin screlly allegedly did martin screlly i believe he's known as the pharma bro and he's the guy who is in charge of a pharmaceutical company and he raised the prices on really important drugs for people who had um uh, i believe hiv um allegedly allegedly yeah okay. i have no idea what but yeah, yeah. he and he's he's a, and he also he's just sort of a weird he's turned into a weird youtube personality like he he bought that wu-tang album that where there was only one copy of it and he has the only wu-tang album copy he, he has the only copy of this wu-tang album and um he, and now he's giving advice on youtube for weird things well weird things but it's fascinating and as someone who like went to school as a teacher the guy is a talented teacher yeah he can he can he's really good at think alouds like he's good at sort of talking about like well here's what some people would do and you know this is what i would do i have no idea what he's talking about but the fact that he's that into he can talk to nobody for two hours about chemistry is absolutely uh, fascinating and it sounds like somebody that could potentially lead a cult I think like somebody who would have been on 90210 for five episodes and gotten Kelly Taylor roped into some sort of cult that Brandon would have to save her. I could see him, you know, I, if he wanted to get into acting, I could see him, you know, being on a show like that because he definitely could be a, a, like a, a 2 a.m. infomercial yeah. kind of career, maybe like Tom, Tom Vu. Yeah. He, you remember Tom Vu, right? Are you too young? I think I'm too young. Who, what did he do? He's a real estate guy infomercials he would he would yell at people like if, if they wanted fancy cars and beautiful women he'd be surrounded by fancy cars and beautiful women and they'd be like come take my seminar oh whoa yeah no. you miss you can that be your next deep dive is yeah, tom, tom vu? vu okay I'll, tom I'll, vu. I'll send you some tom vu there's this one guy on, do you go on world star hip-hop at all come on who are you talking to <laughs> well <laughs> do you know that do you know the guy who does the uh he does like the infomercials on world star hip-hop about yeah. his private jet and his yes. you know and he hangs out with rappers yeah like that, that guy, guy i don't know what he i don't even know what he's selling what the like if it's uh real estate stocks i have no idea what his hustle Gambling is picks yeah i have i have absolutely zero but it's just all like here's me hanging out with red man here's my jet and yeah. then, and it's always the, the the shot of him walking down to the mailbox and opening up big checks. 
Maybe we should film one of those for the show because I could use the pictures of me with celebrities that we've had on the show. Oh, here's me with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that would be here's enough. me with billionaire Mark Cuban. Yeah, no, I mean the. Uh, yeah, we have some good. You you would have some good ones. Good celebrity pictures. All right, what other deep dives do you? Have? Oh, um. Uh, well, you sent me the deep dive of the uh, matches that turn into fights. Wrestling shoots. Wrestling I shoots. I knew you would go down the rabbit hole with that. Like, the famous one was uh, Antonio Noki and the fat guy whose name I can't remember. The Great Antonio. The great Antonio. And the Great Antonio stopped selling Antonio Noki and then hit him really hard with an elbow. And Noki did not like it and just beat the living hell out of him. And it was not, they were not wrestling. It was. It's I, amazing, right? It's one of the best clips on YouTube. I've I've watched it once a week. Um, <laughs> it's it's so it's abs it's fantastic. I found some other ones that I that I the one you sent me a really comprehensive list of like the the great the great ones. I got act, most of those from David Shoemaker from The Ringer, who's oh, a wrestling shoot historian. Oh wow, those yeah. are that, that's a a masked man. The approved. Lex Luger, yeah, Lex Luger, Bruiser Brody. There's some good ones. The um, one that I found uh, that I really liked was um, Hardcore Holly when he was uh, he came into remember when they had that reality show called Tough Enough? Yeah. And he came on and I guess he was an instructor the year before and he came on and he just picked this guy. The YouTube video doesn't say what his name is. He's a contestant and he beats the crap out of him. And since the guy's on on the uh, show, he can't really do anything, and he's learning how to wrestle. Yeah. But look up Hardcore Holly Tough Enough. Was he doing it to prove a point, or did the guy insult him in some way? Just to prove a point. That's why he was so hardcore. Yeah. Hardcore Holly, I am obsessed with. Like, (laughs) his shoot interviews, because he's just this, like, angry guy from North Carolina or wherever. Yeah. And... um. You know, I grew up watching him. Not, not the greatest wrestler, but like no. he's a he's a veteran work worker. Worker, super into like the, though the ethics of yeah. wrestling, like yeah. what's right and wrong, and how to how to work the business. But look up hardcore. Hall. I mean, he's and 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 then after that, because you, you know you go on a, you go on a uh, YouTube deep dive, and then you start getting into other offshoots of it. Yeah, like then I watched because Al Snow was the coach that season. Then I watched a bunch of interviews where Al Snow talked about what happened and how he didn't agree with what Hardcore Holly did. Oh, so it's like that's some the, philosophical differences. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about YouTube is that you you start out and then you get into people talking about what happened and then you get into people responding to that and yeah. then, but um and then also I I started you know um, the great Suzuki versus the dirt bike kid. That was another great. It's a Japanese match. It's a wrestling shoot. Great wrestling shoot. Uh, lots of kicks. Yeah. When they get mad, they start kicking. Yeah. In, the, in the Japanese shoots. Yeah. It, and because uh, they just take out somebody's legs, knock them down, then they beat them up. Yeah. Just kicks on the ground. And dirt bike kid. Um, weird gimmick. He looks to be like a. I, I'm always fascinated with like American. Uh, Americans who go abroad and are really famous there. I've never heard of Dirt Bike Kid in the United States. He, he yeah. looks to be American, and uh, he's dressed like a dirt bi- like a dirt biker. Well, he's the Dirt Bike Kid. That's just a str- it's a strange gimmick because I, I I mean I don't know. Like, maybe he was inspired by Kelly Leak and Bad News Bears Go to Japan. <laughs> maybe he saw the success that happened. I don't know. 
Um, but those are oh, oh and then the, my third one that I of uh, the third shoot, deep dive. Thir- oh, well, third, the third shoot, shoot, the third shoot deep dive. This one's really sad. I, you probably saw this one and left it off the list, which is Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Doink the Clown in like a high school gymnasium. Oh, I don't know about this one. Whew, this one. What happens? They don't actually fight. They're just scre- it's just, they're just screaming at each other and they're throwing punches. It's they're both fifty pounds overweight. Oh no! The crowd is maybe. I, I think I've seen ringer meetings with more people. Um, Doink the clown. His makeup looks like he put it on with no mirror. So this is like the wrestler with Mickey Rourke of wrestling shoots. Exactly, and but they're but they're screaming at each other, and they're going. The interesting thing is like, I put po- like I poke like you know like they're doing the 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 scissor the the V. Yeah. And instead of throwing punches, they're throwing like eye pokes. It seems like a weird. Wow, a lot of bad blood between Hacksaw and Doink. Um, And then uh, last, oh, this one, uh, keeping on the wrestling theme, uh, look up WWE Championship Belt Shaving Cream Trick. Um, So these wrestling fans, they get these WWE replica belts, and they don't like the fact that when you put, it, it doesn't go like the flap doesn't go over the shoulder. Yeah. Like it's sort of like with a real belt. Yeah. Like with a real, real belt. So they do this thing where they get the belt, they take out, they get the replica belt, they take off the screws and then they put shaving cream and they spend like three hours with a hairdryer getting the shaving cream to, to seep in for what reason? So that the, the flap goes over just so that they can have the belt go over their shoulder like so that the le- the the fake leather and these are grown men. These are grown okay. men, and there's one that you that everyone if you're if this at all interests you, and it should. <laughs> his name is K at K A T A, L U T I O N Catalution. It's WWE shaving uh, championship belt shaving cream trick. This guy, I'm obsessed with him, mm. and he's he's so detail oriented, and it's over something that I could care less about. I yeah. mean, if you have a belt, cool. But like to then do mod- I'm modifications. I'm debating whether to tell my son about this because <laughs> he's like the eight-year-old internet deep dives and this could ruin his life for a weekend watching this. Um, hey, last time you were on, you talked about uh, how you went on the OJ tour. Yeah. It inspired my wife to go on the OJ tour with a friend oh, on wow. a Sunday night. And... She came home and she was all boozed up. And I don't know what the hell happens on these OJ tours. I don't know if they snuck wine in or what happened, but she, she was both disappointed and enthralled, which I think is what everyone's reaction is after they do the OJ tour. Yeah. I mean, it's when you go home from an OJ tour, I think you you look in the mirror and you say like, (laughs) did I really just go on an OJ? Did I really just, you know, say, oh, wow, this is. This is where OJ probably parked. Yeah. Because they show that. Yeah. So that's probably why she got got boozed up. It's a, it's a it's a lot of looking in the mirror afterwards. Um yeah, I mean I'm I'm fascinated with anything like I don't know if I mentioned this last I mean, I went to the parking lot where um from cereal, the Best Buy parking lot. You didn't mention that last time. Yeah, I, you I did? Yeah, my Where is it? It's in Maryland. 
And uh, <laughs> you live in California. <laughs> I know. I was I was in I was in Maryland, and it was a two hour drive from where I was. But I was like, I have I have to go. <laughs> and my uh, my wife was like, We're not going to that. And I was like, No, we're going. And I'm walking around and there was a security guard and he saw me and he knew exactly what I was. He was just like, oh, God, another weird white guy trying to crack <laughs> between the case. 30 and 50. Yeah. Like and I was even like, let's throw let's throw cereal on. Let's let's just let's let, maybe we can pick up. some. I, mean, I was talking to um, Taryn, uh, who works in the office. Like, I mean, my dream is to crack a case. Yeah. You know, like I would love to solve a mystery and I, <laughs> and unsolvable mystery. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a personal, that's on my, I mean, I don't believe in bucket lists, but if I did cracking a murder case out of nowhere, I also just want, I want to do it on my own. I want to find, you know, I, I wish I would just go into that parking lot. Oh my God. It's Jay's business card or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then. Become Aren't there some old California like semi serial killer cases from the seventies and eighties that are still open? Well, there's there were a couple. Well, the, there's a lot of people who theorize on the Zodiac killer. That one has never been solved. Yeah, um, it ended up being a really weird David Fincher movie that I still don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it, I'll put that movie on, and yeah, it, it it's it, that's just a lot of mustaches and sideburns and. And Jake Gyllenhaal is playing the same kind of like slightly brain damaged character he plays in Southpaw. Mm -hmm. I'm not positive why why he went that route. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He, you'd think there. You'd think a guy who drew cartoons for a you know would be a little bit more with it. A little bit, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, the Zodiac's a good one. Most of the serial killer things have been. You did you read the Bill James book about serial killers? I uh, know I haven't. Oh no, I, I, are you I need serious? To, I need to. I need oh to. my God! You'd read that in like three hours. It's incredible. He spent like ten years working on it. I'm a I'm a huge I'm a huge serial killer guy, but it, <laughs> it's it's it when you tell people that and you're like sort of, I mean people don't know me, but like you know I have a weird energy. Like yeah. it's a little aloof, and you know I'm not like gregarious like I'd like to be. But when you tell people, oh, I'm really into serial killers, then people are just like. Oh, he is a serial killer. <laughs> right. And, um, but an interesting thing, I, the, the, um, town I grew up in had, it's the only town ever that had two serial killers going at the same time. Chico? No, Santa Cruz, California. Oh, Santa Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually, you, you had two different serial killers? In the seventies. Competitive serial killers. Yeah. And wow. My, and my mom was like a, a, you know, going to college and both of them were like picking up women hitchhikers and she was hitchhiking during that time and i asked her i said you know there's two active serial killers and you and she said well you know in the 70s you know people that's what people did they hitchhiked and right I was like, you just you buck the odds yeah but they arrested them both and they put them both in like the the the, the county jail and they talked to each other the two serial killers and they said one of the guys mentioned Oh, you took all my good places for body dumping. Oh yeah, that that gets weird. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, yeah. I, I can see how that would have bothered him. <laughs> but the uh, that's the only the, the only time that's ever happened. And then um, you missed it. See, the seventies, all of a sudden they were, they tried to build in through the media this big fear of hitchhiking. 
because like my dad, my dad went to college at Holy Cross where I went in mm-hmm. Worcester. And every weekend, because he was going to an all-male school, he would hitchhike from Worcester to Boston to because that's where all the colleges with the girls were. And then he met my mom at Boston College, and then they would hitchhike back and forth to see each other. And then right around 1974, 75, all the psych- psychos were like, wow, what a great way to kill people. I'll just pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> and then there was this like four-year run of just hitchhikers just getting you know, wiped out before everybody was like, so all that, the reason I'm saying this is I was like eight. ABC had, maybe I was nine. ABC had a TV movie called Diary of a Teenage Hitchhiker with Charlene Tilton from Dallas. And it was about this guy in a van who was just wiping out hitchhikers. And it was one of the, like the three scariest movies of my childhood. And I, and I left the movie like I will never hitchhike ever in my life. Nobody will ever get me to do this. You never did it? No, no. Yeah, it's it's always strange. Like um, when I go home in Santa Cruz, sometimes there's a guy doing it, uh, or like two. And I, and I always wonder. Like, I always just want to pick. I've never picked one up. I've always just thought like maybe that could be one of your deep dives. Is just start picking up hitchhikers. <laughs> that would make a great podcast where you just pick up a hitchhiker and then you just you know record them for wherever they want to go and just like hear comedians those. getting in cars with coffee <laughs> it's, it's just sad. hitchhikers yeah it's the saddest version of that comedians <laughs> picking up hitchhikers in honda well, you're a comedian so it's it technically well i think we just created a new youtube series yeah not, I, I just want to defend your comment about how you're a serial serial killer guy because i am too yeah. i love reading about serial killers and how they caught them and i like watching documentaries about it and I've even said to people, like, I, I thought the most interesting serial killer for me was Ted Bundy. Like, just the start to finish of the Ted Bundy arc is because he, he actually, first of all, he represented himself. And then second, he escaped. And when he escaped, it wasn't like he disappeared. I mean, this is terrible, but he escaped and was like... I'm out. I get to kill some more people and just immediately went on another spree and they caught him again. Um, they'd never made the right Ted Bundy movie. Really? Mark Harmon was in one called the deliberate stranger. Did you see that one? No, I got to see that. It's good. It's two parts. He was handsome. Like Ted Bundy was, and it's creepy, but it doesn't go there. Like I, for me, it's like, instead of Zodiac, I would have made a Ted Bundy movie. I, th- I just think he brought, I thought he brought more to the table as a serial killer. Did you see the HBO documentary on yes. the grim sleeper? I've seen all the HBO documentaries I've ever done about serial killers or autopsies. That, that one tales from the grim sleeper, the Nick Denton one about the, the serial killer in South central is absolutely fascinating. And to me, it's like a great, it's a great companion piece for, um, if you if you hold it up with um, the uh, the the Netflix the um, making a murder making a murder there's a lot of similarities between those two guys they both lived on like junkyards they both right um, they they were both like involved with like a, a boy as an accomplice um, allegedly um, but yeah no I I absolutely I mean I would be down for a Ted Bundy movie I don't know Ted Bundy's the clown right no. Who's the Ted Bundy was the law student 
who would pick up female hitchhikers and they never he didn't seem like a serial killer which was kind of his move he used a gun right i I forget what he did yeah Yeah, i think he did all kinds of stuff okay by the way not a great guy (laughs) i don't mean to glorify ted bundy in any way bad guy bad person no totally i uh, it's just he was uh, most of the serial killers follow a certain prototype and he's like just outside he's he's operating in a different playing field with the stuff he did most of them are like just creepy white loners yeah is the move for them it's a weird it's a weird thing because it's like if you're i think it's sort of like the martin screlly like youtube page and the like a lot of times i'll get interested in something and people will think a lot of people if they get interested in something they have to like they like it yeah i don't like like these things but sometimes i'm just fascinated by it no it's the mystery of it about the arc of them trying to catch this person who's doing really terrible things. And then most of the serial killers at some point, they're, they're not just satisfied by the killing part. They, it becomes like them taunting the police or the general public. They, they feel like they have to do something. Mm-hmm. They, it can't just be the killing. And the ones that like the Zodiac guy, part of the charm for him was to send these weird, crazy letters to the police. But most, there's not a lot out there that just are like, I'm good with the murders. Yeah. That's it. I don't need any of the other, the glory of what I'm doing. I just, the murders are what, what gets me going. They, there's this extra part that they like, and that's usually what brings it down. Yeah. You know, it's a big city for a serial killer, Sacramento. Not surprised there. They have, they've had like a real long history. I, was uh, Seattle's uh, another one? Yeah, the, well, did, rain. Boston had the Boston Strangler. Yes, what's their? That's their signature person. Who have they had? Boston had, people are are too scary to try it for a serial, serial killer. They would take it too personally. That's yeah. That would be a hard place. It's to a hard place. Yeah. yeah, you want to go like somewhere outside the east coast i think yeah seattle people are depressed and, it's raining you know, all the time yeah let's see they're listening to Soundgarden. um hey we have to go okay uh all right so next time next next like a few weeks from now work on some new deep dives but can you read the bill james book i will read it please yes all right i'd like to have a whole serial killers conversation with you <laughs> I, it would be my pleasure because because <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. I mean, this is the tip of the iceberg. I'm so glad I have somebody else in my life who who has. But the fact that you haven't read the Bill James books unbelievable to me. I mean, like I said, that, I, it's just crazy. I also don't want to get like divorced. Like if I right, like that's I, a good point. I have Fair to point. I have to take the dust jacket off of that, and you know, especially after you want a bang bro story. Like it's <laughs> the fact that you're still married now. You should probably enjoy it. Brendan Lynch, where where can we follow you on Twitter? Um, at Brendanzig, B-R-E-N-D-A-N-Z-I-G. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Quick break to talk about our old friends at MeUndies. They were one of our first sponsors. I remember they sent me a box of comfortable underwear, and I've been wearing it ever since because nobody ever changes their underwear unless they have a real impetus to do so. Well, here's your impetus. Every pair of MeUndies is made from sustainably sourced modal. A fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. Once you try on MeUndies, you'll understand why it has the rep as the world's most comfortable underwear. They have dozens of styles and limited edition prints to help you make a statement with your underwear, boxers, trunks, thongs, bikinis, you name it. They even have lounge pants that I've spent many an hour lounging in in the privacy of my own home. Lounge pants. 
Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada. You can save up to $8 per pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. And if you don't like your first pair of MeUndies, guess what? They're free. Go to MeUndies.com slash BS for 20% off your first order plus free shipping. That's MeUndies.com slash BS. And now, Jacko. All right, from serial killers back to the 2016 Republican convention. Jacko was on earlier in the week. Uh, we just talked, you missed it, but we talked serial killers with uh, Brendan Lynch, a writer from my show. So now let's. Oh, uh, excellent. Okay. It seems like a. a it's not de- that far of a segue to the 2016 election. Not that far of a segue. Uh, I was worried about you last night on Twitter. I really, I really thought something terrible was going to happen and I was going <laughs> to have to defend you publicly today, like, like almost like Robert Kardashian. During, the really, OJ, yeah. during that post OJ Nicole, which is, I'm going to stand by my friend, but I'm I'm deeply troubled. I know <laughs> I know something terrible just happened, but he's still my friend, damn it. But it didn't happen. So thanks thanks for saving me from that. No, no problem. I didn't want you to have to drive down the freeway in a white Bronco. This is BS. <laughs> you know who this is. I would have. I totally would have for you, Jacko. Uh, no, I appreciate all right. that. So what were your impressions after last night? <laughs> Um, well, I watched a lot more of it than I ever expected to, and, and part of the reason for that was I was flipping the channels, and I can't must have come across one of the channels, obviously, that was showing the convention, and I'm like, is that Fran Tarkenton? And I put it on, and sure enough, it was Fran Tarkenton, oh <laughs> of God. all people addressing the convention on the final night of, of, you know, which you would think you would save, like, your best speakers for or highest profile names, and somehow Fran Tarkenton got the invite there. Yeah. So... I pretty much watched all of it from that point on. So I watched him, and then and then they had um, Peter Thiel, who was the guy that founded PayPal. And yeah. you know, he, he's not a very good speaker, but you know, he, he was fine, I guess. And then they had Trump's buddy, who's some other, you know, billionaire real estate investor, real estate mogul, or whatever. This bald guy, and he took the mic and like, you know, he did the walk around, which I knew was going to be a mess, and it was. You know, he had no teleprompter, <laughs> and it was just like stream of consciousness about Trump and basically it was like he was trying to sell me something you know it was like a wolf of wall street deal i thought it was like more of a best man speech yeah well that's a good yeah there you go it was kind of like that let me yeah. tell you something about donald's you know it is yeah right and it had like no theme it was, i guess yeah. it was trying to humanize trump to show that he's not a complete lunatic that's what sure best really man speeches are <laughs> what's that that's the same philosophy of a best man speech <laughs> exactly you're trying to right, prove to yeah. the public that the person's not a lunatic Right. So it was like allegedly trying to humanize Trump and, and, you know, his one anecdote, basically, or one of his anecdotes, the the main one was, you know, he flew with Trump in a helicopter and they went to go see some Tyson fight. I forget if it was in Vegas or Atlantic City. And, you know, he signed a program for the doorman. I was like, boy, what a, what a guy. What a, what a charitable fellow, mm. you know. And it was such so great. And then and then they had, you know, Ivanka. She's you know, very lovely and well spoken. I liked her. I liked how the wind was blowing her hair. That was a nice touch. Like she was shooting a cover shoot for Vogue or something, you know, while giving the speech. And then I, being a glutton for punishment or a masochist or something, I, I stuck it out for uh, old Big Don's hour and a half rant where he was just screaming and red faced and sweaty. And I literally turned, as I said on Twitter, I turned down the TV volume like three different times, and he only seemed to get louder. Yeah. Yeah, that, it is weird when you and the heavy him. breathing. Yeah, and he got super sweaty. Yeah, just, I mean, maybe that's where the country is, you know? Maybe the country is angry, and 
you know, like a Howard Beale deal. We're going to, you know, we're mad as hell. We're not going to take it anymore. We're going to take it all back. And I, I can't really see that ranting, screaming, appealing to, you know, traditional swing voters of, of suburban women outside of, of Philadelphia or, you know, outside some places in Ohio or you know, the people that decide these elections. I, I just can't see that really appealing to people that he needs to appeal to. It, it already appeals to his base, which got him the nomination. So, you know, kudos to him. But I'm not sure that that does anything for him in the general election. It's interesting to hear somebody talk about everything they're going to fix. Yeah. He, but he basically, he just listed everything and then how he was going to fix it. That was the yeah, speech for an hour. I'm going to fix this. And it, it wasn't even really he was going to fix it. It's just I'm Trump and I, I only yeah. I can fix. Right. And so, so to to go along with that, to buy into that, you have to think that he's this wonderful fixer. And, you know, they had this wonderful glossy video like they always have last night. And yeah. I was thinking to myself, it's, it would be nice if maybe somebody giving a testimonial to him either wasn't on his payroll or a blood relative of his. But be that as it may. And so everything was like all these wonderful successes and he rebuilt New York and Manhattan and the ice rink and yada, yada. How about Atlantic City? How about the Taj Mahal where you went bankrupt four different times in the casino business? How about Trump steak and Trump vodka and any other of the myriad failures that he's had? USFL. <laughs> the USFL, which he personally is like single-handedly responsible for destroying, right? Yeah. Now he's had a, I he's, mean, he, hasn't had a lot of success. The guy has failed and failed and failed, and his his success, such as it is, is because he became fodder for the tabloids in New York, and he became a big name, and he was able to market his name. So he slaps his name on these you know hotels and golf courses, and I guess that appeals to the same people that vote for him or has has some appeal that people want to go to a Trump property, but. Those aren't in any way really his success. His success is being, you know, fodder for the tabloids with affairs and, and being a celebrity and having some half-assed TV show. But the notion that he's this wonderful, like, thinker and builder and doer, I mean, give me a freaking break. I think what's interesting is his plan was just to talk in big generalizations about everything he was going to fix. But really the theme of the week was Hillary sucks, don't vote for Hillary. Right. Well, because the only thing he has going in the party and, and all these people that come out like, you know, Stepford Wives are making a hostage video and saying, you know, you must vote for Trump because Hillary's awful or because of the Supreme Court. But there's never an affirmative case for Trump because anybody with half a brain can't make an affirmative case for Trump. So that, so if you're a Republican and, and you have decided to basically castrate yourself and, and pledge fealty to Trump, the only reasons that you can give in response to reporters' questions, well, you disagree with Trump on this, 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 and this. He said this, this, and this. And he said, well, he's not Hillary. We've got to beat Hillary, Supreme Court. <laughs> right. Which is another enormous leap of faith because you're assuming Trump, who's you know donated to Hillary, has been basically a lifelong Democrat. He's flipped parties back and forth for the past 30 years. You're, you're really taking a massive leap of faith that he's really a Republican now and he's going to appoint somebody to the Supreme Court who you find acceptable, which is a, 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 at best a 50-50 proposition. And yet Michael Moore said on Mars show two days ago that he thought Trump was going to win the whole thing. I mean – you know, uh, Michael Moore is, I'm sure he was for Bernie Sanders and Hillary's not left enough for him. So part of that is probably strategic. Well, you know, yeah. what's that? Probably a little strategic by him. I think so. And just to say, like, you know, Hillary's too corporate and too Wall Street. And, he, you know, he and maybe other others on the far left, the Democratic Party, he's, he's alleging they're going to stay home and Trump could sneak in through celebrity. But I mean, Trump has basically no money, no campaign money. 
and I don't, you know, he, he keeps pledging, I'm going to, you know, he, he waived $47 million in loans, basically for, for uh, aircraft fuel, I think, because he's using his, his own plane to fly all over the place. Right. So he, he did loan $47 million. But I mean, if you look at terms of the, the TV ads, Hillary was outspending him something like literally $20 million to nothing last month in swing state advertising. And he seems to have this theory that he's just such a celebrity that he can just like go on Fox News and have these occasional rants and press conferences and that's all like the publicity he needs. Meanwhile, Hillary is able to craft her message in the way that she wants, present herself in the best light through commercials and messaging and everything else, all the traditional aspects of a campaign. So so I don't know how he wins by ranting to the same thing that attracted his base, having no money or campaign infrastructure. But I, you, I guess stranger things have happened. And you left out, like, you know, if you're going to take him at face value of what he said in the speech last night, you ignore how crazy he looked and all that stuff. And he's basically like, I'm Donald Trump. I'm going to, I know how to appoint the best people. Yeah. I'm going to find this prayer and we're going to fix this. I'm going to get the best people for that. And, and it's right. like, well, we've just watched you run one of the most crazy campaigns that's ever run and people are quitting. And you have the first lady speech was, was, uh, picked a portion from the last first lady speech. Right. And, you had all these yeah, things I'm that don't. The best people. Yeah, you, for all of the indications for the last nine months are you have no idea how to hire the best people. Right, and he, you know he hires the Corey Lewandowski's of the world and all this backbiting and infighting. He hires, you know, he's responsible ultimately, right? He's the he's the guy with his, uh, you know, he's behind the desk. He's making all the decisions. He he's, he hires speechwriters that openly plagiarize from Michelle Obama's speech in 2008 right. and figure nobody's going to figure that out. He hires people who vet Ted, Ted Cruz's speech and let Ted Cruz go on stage and give a speech that is not an explicit endorsement of the candidate. These are his best people. Like, if these are the best people and it should be easy to hire people for a campaign, and yet he's going to hire, you know, cabinet-level officials or, you know, government functionaries or, or generals, and they're going to be the best ones? Come on. I realized what was going on last night because when he brought his family out at the end, I, I somehow— didn't even know that Trump had a 10-year-old son. When they brought yeah. him out, he's exactly the same age as Damien Omen. And I think that's where this is. This is the real-life Damien Omen. It's happening. This is... We are now... We're fil- we don't realize we're all filming the next Damien Omen movie, and this is what Damien's right. last revenge was. No, I'm kidding. I don't mean to make fun Baron, of 10 year olds Baron Trump. It did make me think, one. like, it would be a great Damien Omen plot, right, for the next movie? Oh, yeah. Actually, I think this was a Damien Omen plot. Isn't well, this the, Damien the- Omen 3? <laughs> there is one where he runs for president yeah, or becomes with president. Sam or Neil. Right? I think that I think maybe that's what's maybe Trump's Sam Neill. Mm. Well the the amazing thing is today Trump came out so everybody last night was like, Okay, Trump gave a serviceable speech, I guess, and you know, trying to make the put the best light on it and maybe it'll sell to people and maybe people are angry and maybe they'll go for it and this is the big pivot to being people can envision him being the president and then today he comes out and gives a press conference and he relitigates the whole Ted Cruz's father was involved in JFK's assassination. <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up. Mike Pence, poor Mike Pence is standing there with the Chris Christie bemused, shocked look on his face, like wondering if the American flag behind him is strong enough to hang himself with. Mike, it's just unbelievable. Mike Pence literally looks like a crash test dummy at this point. He just, <laughs> he he, they should just put the crash test dummy helmet on him, and he could just sit there like a like an actual dummy. It's the, not going to get any better for him because you know Trump will say something, some complete lunacy, like yeah. every other day. 
Um, and they're going to go to Mike Pence and say, do you think do you think Ted Cruz's father was involved in the JFK assassination? Uh, oh you can't God. say he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Prove to me he wasn't. Uh, right. What do you think of what Ted Cruz did? An intriguing power play on Wednesday night. I, I actually loved it. I didn't watch it, but I was reading it on Twitter. And, you know, all these guys that ran against him, like the guys I liked best, Rubio and Walker, who I had hopes for, and they both rolled over like dogs. Like, yeah. it so depressed me. No principle, no backbone whatsoever. And guys I didn't really like, like Jeb Bush and John Kasich, actually showed backbone and wouldn't wouldn't kiss his ring and wouldn't kneel to him, which was fantastic. And then they're like, well, Cruz is going to, you know, Cruz, you know, Cruz was playing a game the whole time because last year in the fall, he was trying to cozy up to Trump and he figured eventually Trump will be seen as the buffoon that he is. And if I, if I don't explicitly bash him, I will inherit his voters. So he was trying to be cute and, and rub up against Trump to a degree to get his voters. And then, you know, then as things got ugly and Trump was still viable, Cruz turned against them and then it got, you know, into a blood feud between them. So when I saw Cruz was going to speak at the convention, you always figure if the guy's going to speak at the convention, here's where he kneels and kisses Trump's ring. No. And instead, he got up, and, and what was crazy is all he said was, vote your conscience. Yeah. Now, he didn't say vote Trump, but he also didn't say don't vote for Trump. He's like, vote your conscience, and if you believe, you know, believe in the Constitution and you know, constitutional conservatism, liberty, you know, limited government, etc., vote who you think is right. And the Trump people knew that that was not their guy, and they started to boo him. I think this guy, Paul Manafort, who's, yeah. who's Trump's campaign manager now, like whipped them up to boo him. And so it turned into a thing that they could have just said, you know, they could have just gone along and clap politely, and instead they whip up everybody to boo, and it becomes a huge story. It's another way Trump hires the best people who explicitly like turn a you know a small thing and a small brush fire into like a forest fire. So then it became a huge thing, and then it, you know now Cruz is a hero because he's standing on principle, and to, you know when this thing implodes November ninth, he's going to be one of the few guys left standing that said, hey, I, you know I didn't have the stink of Trump all over me. Yeah, it was What's very that? smart. Yeah, that, it's really the move that all of these guys should have made. Because see, his 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 bet is that Trump loses big. Yeah. And after Trump, that there's no more Trumpism, that the party was like, we went crazy and now we want to like forget that ever happened. Yeah, let's heal. And let's just move forward. And then Cruz will be like, hey, I'm your guy. I don't have the stink of Trumpism on me, mm. even though to a degree he does because he played footsie with him for a while. But in the end, he did the right thing. So. Meanwhile, Chris Christie has, oh. the, has the, the stink, I think. There's, there's he heavy, literally has the stink. Heavy, on him, heavy, on him, yes. heavy stench. <laughs> yes. Uh, Guys like Christie and Newt Gingrich and, and, and these other people that are just, just disgust me. So, um, in fairness, next week is the Democratic convention. Yes. And I think you should come on next Friday and give your take on that. All right. I'll, I'll, Isn't I'll that fair? force myself to watch that one. If I made it through this one, I can make it through that one because, you know, I don't have as much, I don't have any love invested in that one. So I'm excited for Hillary Clinton to talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> and the in the future is, though, like, it's always been a criticism that she has a tendency to scream and be a little screechy but yeah. when trump is up there screaming for an hour and a half literally like at, at top decibel then this yet one more argument that against her that he's taken away you know not that it's really an argument you don't want to hear her for four years but you don't want to hear him for four years either 
Would you take? And all she has to do is like say, "Look, I'm not the devil. I was portrayed as the devil last week. Look at me. I'm not the devil. You know, here's my grandchild, and I'm I'm a sane person. You know, I'm a crook, but I'm sane. (laughs) And uh, you know, people might be like, "Yeah, it's tough times, but do we really trust this lunatic with his finger on the nuclear trigger?" Yeah. Well, I'm excited for it. God help us. I'm excited for next week. <laughs> You're right. It can't. It can't be much different than what Trump did. Uh, It'll be a great debate when they're both screaming at each other. But then you know she's going to get under his skin, and he's going to be like, "You killed Vince Foster." <laughs> and then it's really going to be fantastic. That'll that be is good true. For the, country. the first debate, because she's very good at debates. Right. And, yeah, she has much more and more experience and everything. Oh my god! And, you know, if she starts pushing his buttons. Yeah. Well, I was thinking today when he goes out again and does the thing about Ted Cruz's father maybe killed JFK, <laughs> which just to say it is so asinine. But I was like, imagine if Cruz last night, right before Trump's speech, he texted him and he's like, you don't have the balls to mention me. <laughs> Trump would have come out and like knocked over the teleprompter and done an hour and a half on Ted Cruz. He <laughs> did the Johnny Cochran. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got this. You got mouse balls. You exactly. won't mention me that right. I have it. You won't, right, the F. Lee Bailey, you won't, you won't try, try on the glove. That's right. That's what Cruz should have done last night. If he really wanted to save the party and potentially the country, he should have texted Donald and be like, Don, if you had any balls, you'd, you'd go after me tonight. <laughs> <If>, uh... <laughs> he probably tried. They probably had to keep Trump's phone away from him so he couldn't get any Oh, messages. there's no question. They hit his phone. Ben Simmons <laughs> wandered by the TV last night, my son, and his only comment on the convention was, it was that guy's orange, and then he walked yes. away, which I thought really summed it up in a lot, in a lot Pretty of different much, ways. Yes. Trump's his own yes. minority. He's a minority of one. He's orange. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Jacko, we'll talk to you in a week. Thanks for coming on, All as right. always. Anytime. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, thanks to 5-4 Club. Remember, they will provide you with stylish clothes every month. Go to 5-4 Club before the end of July and use code BS for 50% off your first two months. That is $60 for $240 worth of clothing. F-I-V-E-F-O-U-R club.com code BS and thanks to books.com for reminding me to send gorgeous flowers to my wife this month which I'm going to do books prices start at just 40 bucks no upcharges or extra fees and free delivery when you register with the books save 20% at books.com with promo code bill that is B-O-U-Q-S dot com promo code bill don't forget about Cleveland week on the ringer.com it's wrapping up today Don't forget to check out our other seven podcast feeds on the Ringer Podcast Network. Don't forget my new HBO show, Any Given Wednesday, returns on July 27th at 10 p.m. on HBO. We have shows for the next four weeks starting next week. Check out our new splash page on HBO Now and HBO Go. That includes every episode and every bonus clip we've done. Enjoy the week. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here. Close your eyes. Picture me rolling.